for the title. Got it. Good snap. The hold is down. It's long enough. It is good. Welcome to another edition of In Play. I'm Craig Maddock. It takes a lot to be ranked in the USA Today weekly high school national basketball poll. It's only happened to two girls' high school basketball teams from South Dakota. Sioux Falls Roosevelt, the Rough Riders, had just won their third state title in a row back in 1999. And remember, girls' basketball was played in the fall at that time. Riders had won their third straight title and then invited to play at a tournament in Oregon, which they won. That win made it 54 wins in a row, and after achieving that, USA Today put Roosevelt at number 22 in the country. But the only other girls basketball team in South Dakota to be ranked in the top 25 of USA Today occurred 14 years before Sioux Falls Roosevelt did it. The year was 1985. This team was ranked as high as number three in the whole country. They won the state title in 1984 and brought back a powerful lineup, which included the Twin Towers, and a team which would have three of their starters go on to play Division I basketball. We're talking about the 1985 Brookings Bobcats girls basketball team, coached by Jim Holwerda, who was named the National Coach of the Year in 1985. Today, we'll be talking to Amy Mickelson, Renee Saltquist and Paula Kenefick, along with head coach Jim Holwerda. Amy Mickelson, welcome to In Play. Great to have you on. Thank you. I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad that you're doing this podcast. You had two brothers uh, growing up. You're the middle child. Uh, what was it like growing up between Mark and David uh, those years in Brookings? Well, they uh, we had a lot of really competitive basketball games in our driveway. <laughs> I will tell you that. And Mark and I had a lot of big, a lot of, a lot of one-on-one. He would, he would say that he's responsible for any success I've had in basketball. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as a freshman and a, a sophomore, you know, Brookings won the consolation championships those two years. Um, but before right. your freshman year, how involved were you in basketball? I just played school ball in seventh and eighth grade. I oh. didn't, you know, we didn't play the AAU and stuff that kids today do. I mean, I, I, I'm sure I played in my driveway with my brothers, but I didn't do anything formal until seventh grade, and I, I think that was pretty much the norm for everybody back then. Did you have a spotlight on that basketball rim for when the sun went down, or did you have to uh, turn the car lights on <laughs> for you guys to keep shooting basketball? Yeah, we basketball? did that. We turned the outside lights on, you know, and it was <laughs> like everybody had back then. My dad, you know, stained the backboard, put it up on the house, and we'd, <laughs> you know, we'd play basketball through the hoop on our house. You know, you're 6'3". When did you start getting to be just a little bit taller than the other kids your age? Oh, you know, I mean, fifth grade, I definitely knew I was taller than most people. And then, I mean, by my freshman year, I was close to my current height. I probably grew another inch in high school, but I, uh, I was pretty much what I am by the time I entered high school. So how were you able to keep up with your basketball skills as you got taller? Did you have to work a little bit harder? Well, I don't, I didn't have a really big growth spurt. I think mine was pretty steady. And so I didn't have any, 
I mean, you know, I didn't have Austin Schlatter's or any of the kind of growth problems that people have. Um, so I, I was lucky. But as far as uh, spending hours and hours in the gym or oh, yes. uh, right. that just didn't happen yeah. that often as, as a freshman and, and as a sophomore? Well, no, we, so once I got to high school, our coach, Coach Hawarda was really phenomenal. And he, I think, knew that he had some classes of, you know, some pretty good kids. And so he made the gym accessible to us pretty much anytime we wanted it. We'd play noon ball in the summers and we'd have open gym three nights a week. And now we, we absolutely were in the gym all the time and I'm not really a naturally gifted athlete. So I, <laughs> no, I had, I had to work pretty hard. <laughs> so what do you say about Jim Holwerda, the, the head coach? He was there the whole time. Uh, what did he see in you? Well, I think a lot of height <laughs> um, and he saw potential, you know, he, uh-huh. He and John Iverson taught me that hook shot, which enabled me to play at Washington in the post. And um, Coach Award is just an amazing person. You know, he he and his wife came back. Um, that this 1985 team was inducted into the South Dakota Hall of Fame uh, last fall, and Coach Award and his wife came. And, and none of us had seen him in you know I suppose 30 years. They live in Arkansas now, so it was really great to see him. As a freshman, how much time did you get on the court as a freshman at Brookings High? You know, I think I I think I worked my way up throughout the season. Uh, if I recall, I played maybe three quarters of JV and two quarters of varsity or something along that line, and maybe that switched towards the end of the season. I was <laughs> I was not a starter as a freshman. I played behind uh, a senior. Well. When you're a junior, you know, Lisa Kurtenbach was a, was a senior, and you guys ran the table and won the very first basketball title for Brookings. Uh, why were you guys so dominant that year when you were a junior and, and, and Lisa was a senior? Well, you know, that class ahead of us had a ton of talent. I mean, Lisa Kurtenbach was a phenomenal point guard, and, you know, she did a great job of distributing the ball. We had you know, Bridget Larson, Sherry Miner, Tasha Krieger, they had a lot of athletes in that grade. And, um, you know, I think, I think they really kind of started what we walked into. They were just a really committed group of athletes and they kind of set the expectation that we would attend open gyms and, you know, take advantage of the opportunities to get better as a team and as individual players. Renee Solquist uh, moved to Brookings her sophomore year. She was at Sioux Valley. Uh, did you know her uh, before she uh, transferred to Brookings? Well, I'd seen her because, you know, she lived about seven miles away. So I'd seen her around, and I, I thought she was about the tallest person I'd ever seen. And then I ended up being the same height. I, at the <laughs> time, I was a little bit younger, and I thought, oh, that girl's so tall, and here I am, same height. Um, I knew of her. I didn't, uh, I didn't know her. Um, I didn't really know her at the time. I just knew who she was. 1985, you and Solquist, you're back after uh, winning the title. Uh, You guys were labeled the Twin Towers, weren't you? We were. So any idea who coined uh, that phrase, the Twin Towers? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Possibly someone, you know, in the media. I don't don't think it was Coach Horta. (laughs) Um, I don't know, but you know, it, it's, it was really fun to play with somebody of her caliber. And I mean, everybody that I got to play high school basketball with were just, you know, we had kids 
the ninth and tenth kid on our team that probably would have been starting elsewhere. So mm. we just we just had a lot of talent and a coach that did a great job of putting it all together. So what was the offense like? It's you got two six three post players. You got a pretty good guard there with Paula with Paula Kennefer. Right. Um, so great guard. what was the offense like? What was going on? Well, you know, we'd vary it up a little bit. We'd sometimes play a high-low post. I think we usually probably played a double-low post. But Renee was pretty good in the high post. She's a good passer, and so she'd sometimes go up to the high post. I was sometimes at the high post. But I think generally we were kind of a two-post motion offense type team. During those uh, two years, you guys uh, went undefeated. Your, your junior and senior years, a 48-game win streak. Who were some of those teams, though, that made it just a little bit tougher to win, uh, especially your senior year? Well, Yankton and Lincoln were always difficult to beat during my high school years, um, and I think we played. I think we played Lincoln my junior year and Yankton my senior year, and I think Yankton went on to win it. You know, maybe the next three years or something. So, mm-hmm. so you know, they were good in my early high school years. Here had three six, three players that I think all went on to play college basketball. And, and, you know, we just produced a lot of good basketball players in South Dakota, I feel like. Well, Sioux Falls Lincoln had Steph Schuler, uh, Yankton had right. uh, Lisa Van Gore, right? Oh, yeah, and Diane Heemstra, and mm-hmm. oh, there was another Heemstra. Yeah, yeah, they produced a lot of, well, and Chris Awarda went and played at Colorado, Coach Awarda's daughter. It's amazing. We had a lot of ladies yeah. that went on to play Division One basketball. Yeah, there really were. So what was one of your most memorable games? Maybe it was against Lincoln or maybe against Yankton. Which which one always stands out when you're thinking about it? Oh, I think probably winning that first state championship was really something special. I mean, beating Yankton to win the second one was, was great too. But I think winning the first state championship and having an undefeated season was, well, I mean, just a really a great experience to have as an athlete. It was People have to remember, Amy, that uh, the, the seasons were uh, during the fall during those uh, seasons. Uh, what, what did you do after basketball when it was all done, you know, coming up in November of that, of that year? <laughs> well, my freshman year in high school, um, Brookings started a volleyball program. So I played volleyball during the winter before the season switched. And how much success did you have playing volleyball? Well, we won a state championship, I think my junior year, and we, uh, I can't remember where, we, we were, I think maybe the top three at my senior year, I can't quite remember, but we had some success as, as a volleyball team too. Well, after winning your second title in a row, Amy, it's time to think about college, and you decided on the University of Washington. What led you to Washington. Well, we had kind of a hurried recruiting process because um, Coach Horda wanted us to um, not communicate with schools during our basketball season just so that everybody was focused on, you know, the team. And so we didn't get our mail or any of our recruiting calls until after the season ended in November. So then we got our stuff and kind of decided where we were going to go on recruiting visits. And um, Washington just felt right to me. I, I really respected and, and loved the coach. I had an aunt and uncle that lived out there at the time. Mm. And, you know, I wanted to play in a big conference. And so I, so I chose Washington. Mm. Pac-10, pac pretty big conference. 
Chris Gobrek yeah. was yeah. was the coach. Uh, what, what kind of coach yeah. was Chris? Who's now, by the way, at was, uh, at Air Force. She was at Air Force. Um, uh, she was a really tough coach. I really respect her and and love her at this point in my life. There was a point in my life where I didn't feel that way about her, but I always respected her. She just had very high expectations, um, and you know, we generally met them or tried to meet them. So she she was a phenomenal coach. You didn't start for the Huskies uh, your freshman or sophomore year. How tough was that? It was tough. I thought I was going to be starting my sophomore year, and then we landed the top post recruit in the nation out of Montana. So she started, but I got I got quite a bit of playing time. Um, and then the next year, I, we both started. She was the four, and I was the five. So I, I played a bit. My I played quite a bit my sophomore year. My freshman year was tough. You got to play a lot, though, as a junior and senior. In fact, your senior year, you averaged about 15 points a game, and you guys are the number three-ranked team in the country. What was making you guys so good that year? I think our team chemistry. We had really good team chemistry at Washington. She recruited kids that really, really liked one another and you know were committed to the same thing. And I, I really think that she's a good coach, and I think she just recruited people and we fell together in a way that led to success Mm -hmm. while you're at washington your dad george is is the governor of south dakota so did uh, the governor or your mom linda make a lot of those college games well they tried to make uh my senior year particularly they tried to make more games Mm -hmm. um you know it was tough for my dad he would he would always come out to one one game a year I think probably a weekend where he could catch two Pac-10 games but that was about all he could do my mom would come out more frequently and you know if we played anywhere in the Midwest they would Mm -hmm. they would attend those games so they they saw me play quite a bit given that um you know I was so far from home and not playing anybody on a regular basis around South Dakota so would you talk to mom or dad after uh, every ball game and talk a little bit on how it went Oh, sure. Yes. I talked to them after every game and they could get most of the games streamed via a satellite dish when they were living in pier. So, um, they, <laughs> they watched a lot of them, but yeah, they were my first phone call after all of my games. <laughs> so today, what is keeping Amy Mickelson busy? Well, I've got three kids, the youngest of whom is still an undergrad undergrad. I'm pretty, um, I'm involved with them. I've got a, a partner, Bill Haugen, that I spend a lot of time with. We we travel some. I I had worked for the Falls School District in Phil about two years ago, and um, so spending some time with my mom and her husband Tom and in Arizona and just kind of enjoying life. Did your three kids play basketball? They did all in high school. Mm-hmm. My both of my girls played in college. How tough was that as a mom, <laughs> knowing that oh, you played tough. the game? <laughs> it's tough. I um, it's it's. I'd rather be the athlete than the parent <laughs> because you have no control when you're the parent. <laughs> yeah, I, it's 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 hard to be the parent. I when Ellie Ellie's sophomore year, they won the state championship quite unexpectedly, and I think they were the fifth seed. And my mom was trying to. It was never expected that we'd make the championship game. And so my mom was trying to get to Rapid City from Arizona. Um, 
she couldn't make it, but I texted her and said, I'm in the stands. I think I'm going to throw up. And she said, very familiar with the feeling. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's stressful. Well, Renee Solquist and uh, Paula Kennefick, they uh, also live in Sioux Falls. You live in Sioux Falls. How often do you guys get together? We all live in the same area of town, and we see each other um, pretty regularly, and we all became reconnected through that when this team was inducted into the Hall of Fame. So that's kind of gotten us all excited about, you know, reconnecting. And I've always been in touch with them. I, we're just in a little bit closer touch now. You, know, you guys were ranked number three. Uh, that year by USA Today. What was that reaction when the newspaper came out and you're the number three ranked team in the country? Well, we we were obviously really excited. The advantage that we had was we really couldn't go down in the polls because our season was over and we were undefeated. So, you know, <laughs> if another team would lose a game, we'd go up a notch. So we were we were we were sitting pretty well. But um, yeah, that was that was really really exciting. And then coach award, was the national coach of the year, which was a huge honor and well-deserved. So did he try to uh, calm you guys down a little bit when the, the, the accolades started coming maybe after once the season started, he was really team focused. So that's what he put the emphasis on, you know, team awards or, you know, he was not in, in, you know, in the, the individual awards. He, he just, kind of approached it all as a team. So, yeah, he didn't want any of that interrupting her season. <laughs> so, Amy, what is your biggest memory of winning two straight girls' basketball titles for Brookings? Well, I think it comes down to the same thing that, you know, I've told my kids sports come down to. It's honestly the relationships that you develop through it. They're just – I think they're just really special – relationships that you develop when you play a sport with people and then to experience winning a state championship with them, you know, just made it. I mean, I, I look back on my high school and college years and the thing I'm most grateful for are my teammates. Renee Solquist, welcome to In Play. Great to have you on today to talk about uh, Brookings and some great basketball with uh, the Twin Towers and even a national ranking back in 1985. You lived on a farm uh, near Volga, which is, of course, just west of Brookings. What was life like on the farm uh, growing up for you? Oh, goodness. Um, Well, I miss it. I'll tell you that. Um, It was just uh, my sister and I. She's about eight years older than me, so I kind of felt like an only child. And we raised cattle and hogs, and I showed horses and went team penning with my dad and um, got into sports, of course, went to Sioux Valley, um, school system. And, uh, until my sophomore year when I transferred to Brookings and Mm -hmm. just had a, just had a wonderful time growing up on the farm. So where was the basket on the farm? Was it in the barn or in the driveway? I mean, you had to have one, right? (laughs) Yeah, it was in the driveway. Um, it was not on the, the garage door part, but it was on the side. Uh, so I was c- continuously running after shots um, because there was nothing to catch the ball. But, uh, yeah, so my dad and I played all the time. He actually played for a couple years at SDSU way back in the day, and he had this pretty stunning hook shot. So he and I shot hoops all the time. Mm, you didn't uh, you didn't get the hook shot uh, figured out on that? Um, I, I tried it, but no, <laughs> I uh, 
maybe a little bit of a jump hook, but not not the old fashioned Kareem Abdul Jabbar hook. I, I couldn't do that now. <laughs> and how many times were you still shooting baskets when the sun went down? Um, almost always, because of course we're on the farm, so chores come first. Um, and then pretty much get that other stuff in after the sun goes down. So my dad actually had a spotlight out there, um, that he'd, uh, hook up so we could play in the dark. You know, you're uh, six foot three inches tall, um, by the eighth grade, you were already six foot, um, and you're going to Sioux Valley. Was it difficult, uh, at that point? Um, were you growing up faster than what, uh, the, Maybe what your mind was when it came to playing basketball? What was it like? Well, I was taller than my third grade teacher. Um, oh. I still have the <laughs> the class picture. So um, I was ahead above everybody else in height right away. So How was basketball treating you at the time? Oh, you know what? <laughs> I didn't really play till, till uh, sixth grade is when I started playing. And then, um, of course, then you have organized ball in seventh and eighth grade. And that's when I really started to kind of figure out what I was doing. Um, and then, of course, like you said, out of eighth grade, I was actually 6'1". So um, then then I started to get a little bit of people noticing me at the high school level. And um, then played my freshman year at Sioux Valley. And uh, just through some conversation and some situations there, decided um, it might be better for me to transfer to Brookings. Yeah, that was quite the drama at the time though. Hmm. Well, what was the year like on the basketball court, your freshman year at Sioux Valley? Oh boy. Um, <clears throat> well, I, I started on the bench, of course. Um, I was playing ninth grade ball and then I was also playing JV and varsity and then we'd have tournaments. So there were some times where I would go play in tournaments on the ninth grade team and then come back and play uh, at night for the JV and high school. So it was kind of exhausting. I played a lot of minutes, but it was an incredible experience. And I had a, uh, a senior that was a, a, what was her last name? Julie. can't remember her last name, but she was our starting center. So I went up against her every day as a freshman and that was a great mm-hmm. experience for me. Um, so it was, we were, we were okay. Um, we were pretty good, but um, I just decided to kind of go a different direction then. So you transferred to Brookings your sophomore year. Did you know anybody on the team at the time? Uh, no, not not at the time. Uh, the, the the conversations with my parents started the end of my freshman year, so in the spring. Uh, and actually, we reached out to Coach Howarda at the time and, and just said, hey, you know, I think we're going to transfer my daughter, this is my mom talking, of course, to to Brookings and you know we she wants to play basketball so just wondering if you would want to meet her and that's kind of how it started in the spring and then I actually started going over because they played all the time even off season uh practicing with them when I was still at Sioux Valley so I got to know um you know some of the girls uh, right away before the summer even came and then of course in the summertime uh, we played all the time and so by the time I actually got into school my sophomore year, I had a I had you know a really good relationship with most of them and knew them all pretty well. Well, Amy Mickelson is on the team, and you and Amy are both six three. You were labeled the twin towers. Um, what was it like playing with Amy? Oh my goodness! Wow, it was amazing. <laughs> First of all, to have a friend that's your height um, that was probably the coolest thing about it. Um, and we became best friends in high school and, uh, you know, we, 
we were both starting our sophomore year, so we didn't really go up against each other a lot in practices, so that was kind of interesting. Um, but, you know, we both kind of had a different type of game for being six foot three. And uh, Coach Hawarda, you know, he was so amazing in um, his coaching style and how he developed us and, and realized what all of our individual strengths were and then really worked on those. Um, it, it was you know, and, and being at Sioux Valley when I was, you know, six, two in my freshman year, you know, they, they, they focus on you when you're that tall and having another player on the court that's, that's that tall, that makes it really difficult uh, for defenses to, to match up. So it was, it was a lot of fun. Your sophomore year, Brookings wins the consolation championship. Uh, was it a, a good feeling or a disappointing feeling by at least getting the consolation championship that year? Well, I think it was good in terms of, you know, we won the last two games of the year in the tournament. So went two and one. Um, so that was good, but we were really disappointed. I mean, we, we lost to Pierre and we lost to Pierre uh, one time during the regular season. That was only our, our only loss. I do remember this season, I think, particularly well because we played up against Pierre had Karen Hasek and Ter- uh, Tessa Ter- Terrier, I think her name was. Um, and they were two big posts, so they matched up really well with us. And they were seniors, and we were sophomores, and we played them close that first game in the state tournament, but we just couldn't come out with a win. So that was a huge disappointment. Uh, but we knew we were young, and we had everybody coming back, um, and that we would, you know, go into our junior year with with some momentum. Well, eventually, a forty-eight game win streak. Uh, you win the state title your junior year. In fact, it's the last year of the uh, two-class system. Back in 1984, and you beat, uh, what, Steph Schuler and Sioux Falls Lincoln by about a dozen points for the championship. Right. So we were still still the two-tier in that year. Yeah, and we played Lincoln in the the championship. That was in the Corn Palace. That was at Mitchell. Um, So, yeah, that was our first championship. And and Lincoln, you know, they had great players, too, that went on to play uh, college ball. So that was a fun game. Um, So we were juniors. Um, but then we had this amazing senior class too, with, with Lisa Kurtenbach and Bridget Larson, uh, Tasha Krieger. So we, you know, if you add up that class and then our class that went on to play college ball, I mean, I think there were like seven of us. It was pretty amazing. So your senior year, you're on, you're undefeated. You bring back everybody, but Lisa, Lisa, of course, was a starter for you guys, Lisa Kurtenbach. Yep. So you're uh, you're a senior in fact, uh, was there a lot of pressure on you guys? You know, you had a little winning streak going, and uh, we went to the three-class system that year, and uh, eventually make it to the finals, and uh, you're going to take on uh, Lisa Van Gore and Yankton. Right. Yeah, there was definitely pressure when you're the defending state champion and you have an undefeated streak going on. There's a there's a lot of pressure to continue that. But, um, you know, we – we had a lot of attention nationally um, with, with some of the uh, colleges recruiting us and our, and, you know, that could be a big distraction for a team. And, you know, our coach just really had us so focused on just winning another state championship and, and let all the, all the other things just kind of fall by the wayside till the season was over. And I think that just kept us um, in a position to be able to, you know, take one game at a time and get to the state tournament and, and then focus on winning it. But yeah, there was a lot of pressure, uh, but I just think we were so blessed with such an amazing coach that he really helped us navigate through that. 
What is the most memorable game you can think of as a as a high school basketball player for Brookings? Oh my goodness, the most memorable game! Wow, we had a few of them. Um, I remember going down to Yankton playing Bob. Uh, what is his Bob name? Winter. Bob, Bob Winter. Bob Winter's team. Mm-hmm. He he always had great teams. Um, I remember going down there to play them on their home court for the first time. That was one of when I was a sophomore, um, that was probably the most nervous I had ever been playing <laughs> in my life because I went to all his basketball camps and, and knew him and they just had such great players and such great history. Um, I remember we had a game against Lincoln at Lincoln. Um, Steph Schuler, I think she put up like 30 that game. Um, you know, we, we pulled out a win, but it was, it was pretty tight. Um, those are probably two of the, the games I remember the most. And ironically, both those teams we played in our junior and senior uh, championship game. So you choose to play college ball at Vanderbilt in the SEC. What stood out at Vandy? That uh that's that's great. Um that's a great question. So as you might know or may not know, um recruiting happened much differently uh on our team than it happens in in today's world of athletics where we basically our coach didn't let any college coaches contact us until <laughs> after our uh, senior tournament, senior year tournament. So a very unusual. Um, and so we ne- we kind of knew who was, who was showing up at our games because we'd sneak into Horta's office and see the list of the schools. So we kind of <laughs> knew who was looking at um, But we didn't know who was looking at who or for sure anything. And, um, and literally there's a, there's a picture um, after the state tournament, we went to his office and he had, I would say, I don't know, 16 uh, huge boxes full of materials for, for Amy, myself, Lisa Rolog, Paula Kenefick, um, and said, here you go, girls. Go <laughs> at it. it out. <laughs> <laughs> and you would set up hours for when the coaches would call you. And um, I had my hours set up and then, and Coach Ward helped communicate that and sent tapes out the whole time. I mean, he was very helpful. Um, and the first the coach that called me was Coach Lee from Bandy. He called about five minutes before the first allotted time. So um, I don't know. I, you know, on my recruiting visits and just you know having talked to all those coaches, and I just felt like Coach Lee was just felt. I just felt really comfortable with him, mm-hmm. and then meeting the teams that really does it. So, you know, what kind of girls are on these teams? These, you know, you can spend four years with a lot of them. Um, what's the school like? What's the city like? All of those things have to make sense for you. Um, the academics, of course, which of course Vanderbilt had those and it just all really fit. Um, I did two visits that year. Um, took my parents, you know, my parents with went, went with on the second one. And I just, I just knew, I knew from, pretty much probably the first couple of weeks of the whole recruiting process that that's, that that's where I wanted to go. Phil Lee, the head coach at Vanderbilt, you guys made the NCAA tournament three times yes. while you were there. Mm-hmm. What, what were those appearances like? Oh my goodness. That was, that was definitely the, the highlight. Uh, we made it my freshman year. Um, we ended up playing uh, on the East coast and I'm not going to remember exactly who we played, but we lost in the first round. Um, and that was when, uh, you know, we just had 32 teams that would make it at that point. Um, we didn't make it my sophomore year. And I think then it was James, junior, I think it was James Madison. James Madison. Mm-hmm. Was that who it was? Yep. Yep. How about that? 
thank you. Well, you did your research. (laughs) 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 Oh my gosh. Um, and then sophomore year didn't make it junior year. Um, we, um, we made it and then, uh, lost to St. Joseph. Yep. Lost to St. Joseph who that coach ended up coaching Vanderbilt after Philly left, which is, little piece of trivia there but success Uh, a little more success your senior year in the ncaa so senior year um we ended up going to the sweet 16 uh in iowa which is where steph schuler was playing and then that regional tournament had university of washington which amy played for had iowa which we actually they didn't make the sweet 16 we beat iowa to get to the sweet 16 um and then and then there was Auburn, and I'm not going to remember the fourth team because Amy would have played them right right away. Um, so, yeah, we're sitting at the banquet, and there's Amy at one table, and there's me at another. It was it was pretty amazing. And there were a ton of South Dakota people that came, you know, because it was, it was just up the road, you know, up the interstate. Um, and then Amy's team won. We lost to Auburn, and then so they played Auburn um, in the final eight. Washington was ranked number three at one time uh, that year in the NCAA. Yeah, they were they were pretty they were pretty loaded. So so mm-hmm. you're at Vanderbilt in the SEC. Amy Mickelson's at Washington in the in the Pac-10. You never got a chance to play each other in college. Which team would have won if you would have faced each other? <laughs> well, we were having that conversation at the Sweet 16 because if we would have won, we would have played them. Um, and you know, who's, who was going to guard who, and we had it all figured out. I, I would be guarding her, but she wouldn't be guarding me. Um, <laughs> so we were having these, these conversations. Um, I don't know. Of course, I'm going to say we would have won just because I have to say that. Um, <laughs> but they were, you know, they, they went a long ways in the tournament. So on paper, probably they would have, uh, would have had the advantage. Um, but I, I think we would have matched up really well because they had another six, four post and we had a six, four post, um, size wise, we would have matched up pretty well. It would have been an interesting, interesting game. It, it would have been awesome if we could have played each other. Renee Solquist Knopf right here on in play. So what keeps uh, Renee busy today? Well, um, for the last 25 years, my girls have kept me uh, incredibly busy. Uh, all the sports they play, the volleyball, the basketball, the traveling. Um, I mean, that was kind of my thing. And now um, my youngest is in college and they're scattered all over the nation. So life has definitely changed uh, <laughs> for me. Uh, I'm still a huge sports fan. Um, my husband and I you know, watch sports all the time. Um, we occasionally go to, to a high school game or a college game. Um, I get to, my one daughter's still playing college volleyball. I get to watch her on ESPN Plus, so that's what I do in the fall. Um, we like to travel a lot because we obviously we got to go see them, but I, I got to find something new here uh, <laughs> now that I'm in this new transition of life. <laughs> uh, we've seen we've seen some great basketball win streaks in South Dakota. Uh, Brookings had a 48-game win streak when you guys won two championships in a row. But, you know, since that 1985 Brookings girls team, we really haven't seen two 6'3 twin towers. Uh, It's kind of been a rarity. What do you remember the most about you and Amy and Brookings High and that win streak and playing basketball at at that age? 
Well, I just remember um, the the camaraderie on our team. We were not just teammates. We were we were all great friends. Um, you know, we didn't just you know play on the basketball court and go to class. We hung out on the weekends and nights, and you know went to movies and. Um, it, it was just an incredible uh, experience. The, the basketball side of it obviously was amazing. We got to go to a couple national basketball camps and, you know, play against some of the top players in the nation at the high school level. Uh, we often wish they would have had a, a national tournament for high school back when uh, when we were playing because I think we the highest we were ranked at last year was number three in the nation. Um, and it would have been really uh, exciting to be able to play some of those other nationally ranked teams just to see how, how we did. But, um, you know, and this is what I've taught my daughters. I mean, athletics has just brought so many wonderful positive experiences to my life um, and, and to my, my daughter's life. And I think it's just a really, um, a really important part of growing up if you have the opportunity to do something like that. And it's changed so much. Uh, with all the travel teams and you know back when we were in high school I mean we would we would play in the summer but we didn't travel anywhere as far as uh, like they do now Um, it's just amazing how it has changed but I would not change um, that experience for for anything. Paula Kenefick now Paula Party. Paula, welcome to In Play. It's been fun talking about those years of uh, that 1985 Brookings basketball team. You you had the chance to play with the Twin Towers, you know, Amy Mickelson yeah. and Renee Solquist. You know, they're 6'3". You're the 5'9 yeah. guard. What was that experience like? Uh, well, it was, first of all, it was, it was a wonderful, wonderful time that we had together. Um and, you know, they were, uh, it was quite interesting because in addition to being um, both of them 6'3", one was left-handed, that was Renee, and one was right-handed, that was Amy. So we kind of had the whole court pretty well covered with that combination. <laughs> um, and, you know, it was just, it was just fun. They were, they're both great athletes. Um, they could run the floor. Um, so, you know, we, we really could do just about just about anything, play good defense, um, make, um, they were both real good passers too. And, you know, just very, very unselfish players. So it was a, it was a great experience. Jim Holwerda, of course, the head coach, how did he keep this very talented team together? Especially the, the last two years, uh, your junior and senior year when you went undefeated and won two state titles. Yeah, he did an amazing job of that. Um, one thing is he always emphasized that uh, everybody had a role to play and uh, he was very good at communicating with us about what our role was. And uh, he just had a huge focus on the team overall achieving the goal together. And, um, you know, each person would have a good night and you'd, you'd get, you know, you'd get patted on the back for that, but that wasn't the end of the story. You know, you have another game coming up and maybe, maybe that wasn't going to be your best night. So you know, you can rely on your teammates. (laughs) And, um, you know, he always told us, um, that if you can surround yourself with good people, good things will happen. And I think he was, uh, such a wonderful role model for that because he, he was, you know, a, a, a good person that really cared about us and, uh, put a lot of effort into, into our success. 
We've certainly uh, dealt a lot with Amy Mickelson and Paul uh, and uh, Renee Saltquist and you, Paula, mainly because you guys went on to all play Division One basketball. But you know, back your senior year, you also had uh, Lisa Rolog on your team, um, yeah. and uh, Stacy uh, Grorud also was on yeah. the team. What about those yeah. two players? How how were they a part of this? this uh, big-time Brookings basketball team? Well, uh, you know, we we all put in a lot of time playing, uh, getting ready on the off-season. Um, and uh, so we, Coach Warder challenged us to put in 300 hours of practice um, over the course of the, for us, it was the winter and the summer leading up to the fall season. And uh, so all of us, we're at open gym all the time, um, just playing a lot of basketball. And it's probably, you know, now it's more common, but you know, that many years ago, um, that, we put in a, a lot more time than, than other people were putting in. And that's, I think how we were so deep because if you didn't show up at, um, at open gym, you know, in the summer or in the, on the weekends, um, you know, you were missing out. And it was just a lot of fun. And so Lisa, Lisa was a great athlete. Um, she had played at SDSU, played basketball. She was also a top cross country runner in high school and track and she did track. Um, so she, she's just a phenomenal athlete and was a real good shooter. And, um, Stacey Grorud was a great outside shooter. Um, it's, I remember reading one article in the register or something about calling Stacy a lights out shooter. And that was true. <laughs> um, and again, just hard workers. Um, everybody just, we, we had a great team chemistry. Um, and you know, we, we got together again this fall for the uh, hall of fame induction. And, uh, it was just like, we hadn't missed a beat, you know, that's just the kind of relationships that we all had with each other is it was just, um, back as if we hadn't seen each other, you know, a week or two ago. So it's just, it's just been, it's just a really, really good tight group of uh, people that really cared a lot about each other. Paula, were you the one that, uh, brought the ball down the court most of the time? Were you the one calling the offensive play, getting ready to give it to Renee or to Amy? Yeah, I, I definitely brought the ball up a lot. And, um, that was a role I got into, mainly in my senior year because, um, you know, our, my junior year, Lisa Kurtenbach was on our team still, and <laughs> she was a uh-huh. big time four general. So, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I stepped into that role and I really enjoyed that. It was, uh, you know, I like the part where you kind of, you're kind of the coach on the floor, you know, where you're understanding what the coach is trying to get you guys to do and can communicate that to the team. And, um, but yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, passes into the post, uh, Went to <laughs> Renee and Amy during, during those years. <laughs> 1985, the year Brookings girls uh, ranked number three in the country by USA Today. What was yeah. the reaction there in Brookings uh, when that happened? Uh, I, I, it was, people were pretty excited. Um, it was kind of, you know, almost even for us, it was a little bit, you know, hard to imagine that, um, that we had reached that, but, um, you know, I think uh, Kate, uh, Renee and Lisa and Amy and I had gone to um, uh, All-Stars camp the summer before in Indiana. And um, we so we'd played against some of those kids that were on the, te- you know, the teams that were ranked on the top. And um, so, uh, you know, we, I think we felt like um, 
we could see ourselves in that kind of company. And, but yeah, it was, it was real fun. It was always in the paper, you know, about how highly we were ranked and we had such a great, great uh, crowd in Brookings that would come and, you know, come to the games and just really, really supportive. And just, it was uh, some of my favorite memories I think are of running into the gym, you know, with a big crowd there and um, circling around the gym to warm up and then, you know, starting to warm up and just having a great Brookings crowd there to support us. Those last two years, you had a 48 game win streak. Do you remember a couple of those games where the streak almost ended? Um. Yeah, I think um, I think we got a scare from Lincoln, uh, maybe at the beginning of the '85 year. That but would have been against couple... uh, Lincoln and uh, Steph Schuler playing that That's year. That's correct. Yes, yes. Right. And then I think that was when we played them down at Lincoln, if I remember correctly. And then uh, when we, when they came up to Brookings, we kind of took care of business <laughs> a little bit better <laughs> than we did that other time. But. So after high school, Mickelson goes to Washington in the uh, Pac-10. Saltquist goes to Vanderbilt in the SEC, and you become the third starter from that 1985 team to go play Division One basketball. You go to the Ivy League and to Yale. What was it about Yale? Um, well, I um, I hadn't really thought too much about that as an option until I, I heard from them just in the recruiting process. And um, so I, I, just, I went out to visit. And I just really hit it off with the team, with the, uh, the people that were there. And I really liked the coaches. And, you know, I liked that, um, the challenging uh, academic environment. And um, so, yeah, it was just, uh, it, you know, just felt like a really good fit when I, when I went out to visit. And uh, it turned out to be a great fit. I really uh, have very uh, great friends from, from that team as well. And we, we had a lot of good years together, so. I think was Diane Nestall the coach. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, what kind of coach uh, was Diane? She um she, she was from Indiana. Uh, so her her style was um I would say pretty uh you know pretty hardcore as far as expectations like um you know being on time uh completing each uh pra- you know practice to the best of your ability giving it the best effort that you could have. Um, focused on defense. Um, yeah, she, she was a she was a great coach. Really got a lot out of us, um, and uh, and also she had this ability to draw the team together. Kind of, I'd say similar to Coach Hawarda, that uh, you know everybody felt like they were valued and they would be willing to give give everything they had to help the team. And and again, a real focus on team and um, the importance of the team in, in basketball. What's well, kind of crazy, a uh, little connection. You know, Chris Goldbrecht was Amy Mickelson's coach at the University of Washington. Yeah. Chris went to Yale in 2005. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, that, but, but that now was... she's, she's been at Air, at Air Force Academy now for the past eight years. How would that have been think... if Chris would have been your coach at Yale maybe yeah. later on? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that would be real interesting. But, yeah, no, she uh, – I think she did a great job there, and I know Amy enjoyed having her as a coach. And... While you were at Yale, though, not the, the best record, about a 500 record for your career, what, what was Yale basketball like in uh, your chance to play Division One women's basketball? Yeah, uh, I, I, really, I really enjoyed it. You know, we didn't, we didn't uh, you know, have 
like incredible seasons in terms of um, wins and losses. But um, I'll tell you, I, I, the relationships that we made and the, the, the team atmosphere that we had, um, we still are getting together every few years as a group because we just really enjoyed each other that much. So I, I guess I would say um, that, you know, we had, we had some great games and, you know, it was always fun when we beat Harvard um, <laughs> had a, you know, a couple uh, um, last second shot wins. And um, those are, you know, that's always fun to, to look back on. Um, but I, I think the, the best part of it is the, the, the family and the relationships uh, that, that we were able to form while we were there together. So you're saying uh, you didn't care what the the record was during the year as well, long as you beat Harvard uh, that yeah, year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. You did get all Ivy League honors. Um, great time at Yale. So yep. what happened after basketball was done at Yale? Uh, well, I uh, I spent about four years teaching uh, at a a school called the uh, Shadyside Academy in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I uh, actually coached, I ca- taught uh, high school biology and I coached basketball there. Um, after doing that for a few years, then I went back to, uh, I came back to South Dakota and uh, went to med school. And um, I got married at the end of med school to my husband that I'm married to currently. And we went out to Colorado to do residency. And I did an OBGYN residency there for uh, four years and then started working. Um, and eventually we moved back to Sioux Falls. And I've, now I've been staying at home with my kids for the last bunch of years and really enjoying that. Four kids, I would assume uh, they're all big basketball players. Huh? Or did that, well, did that work I, I out? Tried. Or? I tried. Yeah. No, uh, we got into, um, they're all swimmers. Um, we got into that when they were young and that kind of took us that direction. Um, I have had one of my, my youngest son has uh, played a few years in Y ball and I coached him in that and enjoyed it, but he he seems to be liking swimming better right now. And I've got a couple of uh, kids that have done cross country and track and have done well at that. So yeah, so they, uh, they found their own things and enjoy what they do. So that's great. Always looking for coaches. Any thought of yeah. uh, coaching again? Yeah, um, you know, I, I certainly. I mean, I really enjoyed the uh, the uh, Y ball, and I coached my son, and um, so yeah, who knows? <laughs> well, we've talked with Amy Mickelson and Renee Salquist, and we've talked with you today, Paula, from the great Brookings nineteen eighty five team. You all live in Sioux Falls now. Uh, do you get together often? And when you do, who's the first one that talks about the 1985 season? <laughs> um, we do get together and, uh, it's always, it's always great to see each other. And, um, I, you know, I don't know. I don't, I think we, I think we, we just kind of all have the conversation and, uh, have a few good laughs and just really enjoy each other's company. When you think about it, uh, what is the first thing that comes to your mind when you're thinking about uh, your your basketball career, whether it was the 85 Brookings team or maybe it was something in college? What what do you think about once in a while? Huh. Well, definitely the thing I, I take away from both my high school and my college experiences 
is being on a team, being part of a team, contributing, and uh, just the support that you get um, from people that you put in that much effort with in just trying to win a game. And, you know, and it's, uh, you know, I, I, I love to win games, but I, I think in the long term, what you mostly take away from an experience like that is just that uh, the bond that you have with people and um, that there's just, there's nothing like that bond that's forged in, you know, the long practices that you have and the effort that you put into it. He was the coach of that 1985 Brookings girls basketball team. In fact, in 1985, after they won the state title and they went undefeated again had a win streak of 48 in a row, he was named the national coach of the year. He's Jim Holwerda and Jim, welcome to in play. Well, Greg, thanks a lot. It's, uh, I'm happy to be with you, particularly to be able to talk about some of those wonderful kids that we had at that time. It was, uh, it was just amazing. It's one of those things that just happened, and we feel very blessed because of it, because this type of thing doesn't happen very often. It wasn't too long ago, Jim, that you uh, got a chance to see some of the players again when you guys were honored by the South Dakota High School Basketball Hall of Fame. It wasn't too long ago. Uh, that's true. That was a, a very interesting moment because we had kind of planned we were going to try to get some, have some get-togethers after all this happened earlier, and it just never really happened. People were all split out and this type of thing. And so we hadn't seen each other for, you know, probably 35, 40 years. And uh, so we, when we walked in the room the day before, uh, they were having some discussions going on and so on, and the whole group of kids were over around some paraphernalia that we had for those years, uh-huh. and they just came, came, came running, and we kind of just grabbed each other's arms, and uh, it was a wonderful thing. And since then, we've had quite a bit of correspondence, uh, particularly I have with Paula because she's kind of she's kind of the go-getter, I think, and keeps things up for the rest of them. Figures, point guards do that, don't they? Yeah, yes, they do. <laughs> so where where did your coaching path go um, to get to Brookings? Well, real quickly, I don't want to toot my horn very much because I, I want to give these kids so much credit because they had so many things that you have to have to have that quality of a team that a coach absolutely cannot teach them. It's got to be heredity. They have to have a real competitive spirit. They may have quickness and speed and this type of thing and those types of things. So I want them to have the credit. But I was born and raised in Kansas, and uh, I had the opportunity in a Class A school. I, I started uh, on the varsity as a freshman and played there. And then I was recruited by Kansas State University and had some wonderful times there. We were ranked number one in the nation under Tex Winter. Uh, and uh, we had a couple of All-Americans playing for us. We played against a lot of good people. Played against Will Chamberlain, Oscar Robertson, oh, Elgin Baylor. Nice. People like that who were all All-Americans. And then I went on to Kansas City right out of there, uh, graduation into a larger high school, Turner High School. 
and ended up getting some really good kids there too. And ended up number two in Kansas City for a while. And from there, they went up to Yankton College. And again, was fortunate to get good kids. And I'm saying that because you have to have the quality. You have to have the people that have the ability to get the job done. And I was a little bit fortunate because I could recruit some of the kids out of the Big 8, which it was, is now the Big 12, because I knew the, the coaches there and so on, and so that's what I did. We did get one uh, person who made All-American for us at Jackson College, and uh, he was from KU, 6'8". I recruited a couple of kids from our high school, and we had our good teams in Kansas City, and we did go on and have a well, we won the conference three or four years. I was six years I was there. Mm-hmm. And also went to the national tournament in Kansas City. Then I was called by a friend, a superintendent there, who was vice superintendent in Kansas City when I was there. And he asked if they needed an athletic director and if I'd be interested. Well, I knew that Yankee College was having some problems. And so we closed the shop there and we did go on to Brookings, and I was did not go to the classroom there. I was strictly administration as athletic director. And then that's about the time girls basketball started, and we got really involved in that because we had actually more things for the girls than just about anybody in the state at that time but what they were saying was you still don't have enough and so they took us to court and uh, that was quite an experience and so basketball started there another little piece of trivia that you might like to know is when I went up to Brookings I noticed our middle school boys team had a little squad they weren't very big and they had a little trouble handling the ball so I wanted to try an experiment. So we took the small basketball and we used that and it was such a success and it took it to Ruth Rain at the High School Activity Association. They got permission to use that small basketball in a state tournament and in, in play for two years and then they finally adopted it. So we had something to do with the smaller basketball that the girls were playing with. And then, uh, of course, I did end up because we we lost our girls' basketball coach, and we couldn't find what we wanted, and so I <laughs> agreed to take it, and also ended up coaching the boys a couple, two or three years too because of the same thing. But uh, I feel very blessed, very and just always had good kids, and uh, that that's what's so true about these girls couple of years before 1983, you know, these uh, young ladies are uh, still perfecting their craft. But did you see something that maybe in a couple of years that the Amy Mickelsons and the Kennefix, because I know that Solquist uh, transferred, I think, when she was a junior. But did you see that these girls had a chance to be certain, something special? Well, Greg, I I had to be pretty ignorant not to <laughs> because they they were very talented. But this honor that we all received uh, really started in 81, 82. We went to four straight 
state tournaments. And the first tournament we went to in, in 80, well, it was 82 probably, the way college girls basketball was in the fall. But we lost our first ball game to a good ball club. And we were just like 11 and 10 that season. But we won our next two ball games. And during the, the consolation game at the end as we were defeating the team that we were playing, my assistant coach poked me and he said, look out there in that court, coach. We had four sophomores and a freshman on the court in a state tournament. And the same thing happened the next year. Uh, we did get defeated the very first game of the state tournament. Uh-huh. And then went on and won in the next two. So we technically won like 50 straight after that. Uh-huh. But And that season, we were 20-4. and four. So we had three really good seasons. And after working with the kids and so on and their loyalty, their hard work, uh, they were just an exceptional group. And I, I couldn't go too far as I'd say they were extremely intelligent bunch of kids with great grades in school and so on. And the funny thing was, actually strange, was we had a player for each position, so to speak. And a lot of times you may get some doubling up, and we did have one position double up. We had a we had a young lady by the name of Sherry Miner who made the All-State team as a sophomore. And then we know the next year, Renee Salquist, the 6'3 All-American, transferred to us from a neighboring school. And so that Sherry Miner then became a bench player. She still was very instrumental in our play but she could only play with her back to the basket and uh, she was not a perimeter player. And so that limited her a little bit, but uh, yeah, we knew we had something, but I, I didn't even fathom. In fact, the kids teased me because I told them many times, I said, it's unrealistic girls to feel that we can go undefeated. We can try, but that's unrealistic. And I gave a basketball as many games as you play. Well, 1984, you do go undefeated. Uh, you beat Lincoln that year in the state tournament. And then the following year, it's the uh, start of the three-class system, and you beat Yankton uh, in the final and go undefeated again. You know, there were a lot of teams, they didn't have two 6-3 players. You know, the, they called Mickelson and Sulquist the Twin Towers uh, for Brookings there in 1985. Did you have to change a little bit of your coaching philosophy or the the way that you played basketball because you had two six three players that could play the post or maybe play a little bit outside? Uh, yes, we did. But, again, just my days at Kansas State under Tex Winter, he was an unbelievable fundamental coach. And, I loved defense, so we changed defenses all kinds of times. And I knew that we needed to get all of those players on the floor, just like you're saying. So actually, we we were playing then a little bit now like basketball is, where they clear out the center and it's penetration to the center and to the hoop. So what we did, Amy was right-handed and Renee was left-handed. <laughs> 
And so we put them way down on the block and left the center open. And then we get an unbelievable number of points with penetration and then check off to stop the penetration and a little bounce pass and two points. Now, Renee could play from 15, 16 feet facing the basket as well as underneath. Amy was more of a post player. So we did move Renee out some, but we changed in a lot of, in a lot of ways. And the biggest difference during those years of play, people, I mean, many times, just because we had so much talent, many of the games were over at halftime. And so our bench got a lot of play. And so we had a strong bench because of that. And it's just a, we changed a lot of things, but what they did then, they started really trying to slow the game up because we had scored 80 points, 75 points, this type of thing. We set an ESG record scoring and rebounding, and it made the game a little bit different. So we had to change a lot of things. We actually did a lot of pressing, and we weren't really a typical real good pressing team. Mm-hmm. Because of two, six, three big girls, we had to make, make them be able to be able to press and trap. And the opponents, we still allowed them to get shots. And we told them that now we're not going to give them shots, but we're not going to give them the kind of shots they're used to getting. So we, they got a lot of shots on the move and this type of thing. And so consequently, uh, their shooting percentage probably wasn't quite as good. And, and the odd thing is we never had an overtime game in any of those years, never. And the closest game we had, Aberdeen played us real good once, and they, we only beat them by four points at Aberdeen when we beat them 32 points at home. <laughs> and so the mental attitude, you know, how you get up for a game and so it makes a big difference in some of those things. But we had a change. We had a change a lot. But we we had the kids that could do it. Yes, you did. You certainly did. In fact, uh, you're the three players that we've mentioned eventually went on to play Division One basketball, uh, Washington, Vanderbilt, um, and also Yale. the uh, Yale, Yale in the in the Ivy League. And I was told that uh, you know when it was time for recruiting that uh, you really didn't want the girls to be worried about that recruiting at the time. Uh, I was told by one of the ladies that once the season was done, then you would throw the pamphlets out and said, "Go ahead and take a look at some of these schools." Is that is that That's, true? That, that probably came from Amy. <laughs> I, uh, I'll tell you, I was real concerned about that because I had been through the recruiting process myself. And I had also been, had a lot of players that had been recruited and this type of thing. And so I knew what kind of a business that could be. Uh, the big head, you know, and this type of thing, trying to be a star and so on. These kids were not that type of kids, but you don't leave any stone unturned. So I actually asked the parents of Mickelson's and Sawquist to come into my office and meet with them. And I told them, I said, this is a situation where there's going to be a lot of pressure. There's going to be a lot of schools. These kids, and it's changed now. A lot of kids are recruited when they're sophomores. Yep. At that time, that wasn't true. But I said, 
you're going to start getting letters and everything else when these kids are just sophomores. And I said, I know they've got the ability. They're going to be really looked at. And so I said, I'll make you a promise. I said, and I, I gave a pretty good story of why it would be to their benefit not to do it. And so I asked all the coaches. We had like 60 schools that were recruiting Amy and Renee. And we made five videotapes, and I kept it up to date, and I was sending those to all schools so they could see games and everything else. We did a lot for the kids. And I asked that all of the information from those colleges come to our office, and I would see if they got it. So I got two big boxes. <laughs> <laughs> and I put them in my office, and I put everything there, and after our – Final game of their senior year, I gave those boxes to them, and then they went. And they <laughs> and the phone started ringing, and it was interesting because I had several coaches say to me, college coaches, you're just trying to save them for Kansas State. <laughs> and I said, no, I'm not. I'll have no nothing to do with it. Well, the way it worked out, they figured that out. And, and actually, because of all of that, I have a strong feeling, and because the kids were outstanding, that's why they elected myself Coach of the Year, National Coach of the Year, because the college coaches, they vote on that. And they they did. I just sent so much information to them. I mean, I filled out things. They knew things about those kids that they had no way by. I'd tell them what best candy party like you know it was it was amazing but it was uh it was a good ride and we were we we're such a true family and we got together really well we didn't have any problem the only problem we really had was that the talent was so good and like i said before at times the ball game was basically over, 20-point lead at halftime, 18-point lead at halftime. So we played a lot of people. And the kids who were mostly the starters, the first, first line, they would once in a while say, Coach, we want to play more. <laughs> and I said, yeah, you guys do it. You won't be here when we don't, we don't have people like you, but I'll still be here. And I said, that's just the kind of code of ethics in coaching. You don't just run all over people. Jim, and so, uh, so that's kind of the way we, that's kind of the way we handled it. And that's the way we handled the recruiting. And in fact, a couple of those recruiters, I think a couple the coach from Washington, I think, stayed in our home once when she came down to the Brookings. So we had a close relationship with them, and uh, I thought they might go to the same school, but they didn't, obviously. And uh, it, it's is amazing, you know. It just was. Uh, Amy Mickelson. They weren't televising very many games in those days, but they televised a very important game with the University of Washington and UCLA, she was elected the player of the game. Renee was very strong in getting them into the final uh, 64. At Vanderbilt, yep. Yeah, at Vanderbilt. Mm -hmm. And it, it was just, I, <laughs> it was just, just amazing. Uh, the kids were all, all very competitive and just, 
Oh, outstanding. Lisa Kurtenbach needs some mentioning, uh, Craig. The Kurtenbachs are the ones that own the uh, scoreboards there in Brookings. She was on that first. Uh, she was on that first undefeated uh, team uh, in yeah, 1984. She, she was she was Miss Basketball in South Dakota, and uh, her her senior year, and she was uh, well. I mean, she was an outstanding basketball player, and she went on to play as Lisa Rolog did too up at South Dakota State. But Lisa just performed for them outstandingly, and so she really deserves some mentioning but it was it was quite a ride and i tell the kids we were really blessed and it was really great and i kid them they give me more credit than, than i think they should because they they were just so talented so willing to work so hard we had a hundred hour 200 hour club in the summertime and boy they put those hours in the gym in the summertime playing and uh, it was a it was a fun ride Jim, I got two quick questions for you. One, what was the uh, biggest advice you gave to your basketball team outside of basketball? I think it was probably, I could say a couple have said this, they'll probably surprise you. But I said, God comes first, family comes second, and basketball is third. What's keeping you busy today, Jim? Do you still miss being on the sidelines, seeing... Yeah, Mickelson and Solquist and uh, Kenefick uh, back at it again. <laughs> yeah, we we converse back and forth a little bit, but I I I've had so many blessings in my life that I can't complain at all. My legs are pretty well shot. Uh, I still can walk good, decent, and you know. But I had to give up golf about uh, eight years ago, and I've had open heart surgery and uh, some other surgery, but we're still okay. We're living in a senior center now in arkansas and uh, yes in arkansas and uh we just feel very blessed and i know the kids do too because we talked about that a lot if you like what you're hearing please give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts programs such as this are only possible through the continued support of our listeners like you for south dakota public broadcasting i'm craig maddox Join us again on the next episode of In Play.